for Radio 1 91FM podcast. Right now I'm joined by Professor Sarah Hook from the School of Pharmacy here at the University of Otago. Good morning, Morena, to you. Morena, pleased to be here. Ah, welcome, yes, welcome indeed. Right, we're going to talk a little bit about developing vaccines because that's what you do. Uh, well, that's what you look into. That's your, 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 your study, isn't it? Yeah, one of my areas of research is yeah. in um, developing vaccines and new formulations. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, b- before I get to developing vaccines, I want to ask, um, have, are we seeing any success uh, with um, with the SARS coronavirus too in terms of repurposing antivirals? Have, have you heard anything? Uh, is that working? And uh, are they still going through that at the moment? What's happening in that area? So obviously there's a lot of literature coming out every day. There's new stories coming out. But as regards both vaccines and antivirals, we're quite lucky in some ways that the, this coronavirus this beta coronavirus is quite similar to the SARS and the MERS viruses mm, and there's mm. been research on those for, for you know many years now yeah. um, so as regards therapeutics drug companies and research institutes have been working on drugs to treat SARS and MERS and some of them are now being repurposed to treat this coronavirus because it's very similar to SARS virus yeah. um, and even other drugs used to treat things like HIV and other RNA viruses they're looking at will they act on this virus as well so if you look at there was I was reading a paper yesterday and there's something like 30 new 32 new patent applications for new vaccines yeah. and the same for new wow. antivirals and there's a lot of antivirals that are also being repurposed for this uh, and I know China's got at least one drug that's, I think, into large-scale testing now. So I think there will be antivirals coming out. Large-scale testing yeah. already? Wow. Yeah. Again, it's a repurposed drug, so yeah, we've already okay. got some data on it with other yeah. viruses. Yeah. So they can now go into, into larger-scale testing. Wow, that's amazing. Um, you know, uh, sadly, this must be like Christmas to you. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's... Basically, all the drug companies and research institutes that have been working in this sort of area have sort of going to the cupboard and saying, what have we got yeah. already that we've been working on, and can we now use that to treat this disease? Yeah. So it's just given them, they perhaps are thinking more laterally about their research and how it can be used um, in this current global situation. Yeah. And it's great that we have these drugs that are already sort of partway through the development process, which can be repurposed. But I mean, as a researcher, watching this develop and watching how they're trying to develop these new vaccines must be quite interesting and intriguing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, everyone wants a vaccine now, but I think, you know, the usual time it takes to develop a vaccine is around 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Uh, and that's just the life. That's just because you've got to do all the basic laboratory work. You've got to do preclinical work in cell cultures and in animals before you go into safety testing, then small-scale efficacy testing, then large-scale efic- efficacy testing. And that just takes, you know, up to 10 years. Yeah. And I think, you know, um, there's been a very consistent story coming out from scientists around the world that sort of 18 months is when you'll be looking at having a vaccine wide-scale in production ready to go out mm-hmm. um, globally. What are the initial steps when developing a preventative vaccine? So, first of all, you've got to understand your virus. And as I said, we're lucky with this virus that a lot of that has been already done because it's so similar to the to the SARS virus. Yeah. And, like, some proteins are 98% identical. Uh, so, we already know... When we got it, it's already been sequenced by the Chinese. Yeah. We've already got cell lines, so a big bonus is if you can grow it in the lab, which just when we can grow in the lab, we know how to grow it in the lab. Yeah. So they can do lots of work in the lab looking at what proteins are important for infection, what proteins are important for replication, all those sorts of things. So a lot of that work's already been done, so we do have a good head start. And from there for a vaccine, you start looking at seeing what proteins, usually on the surface, can stimulate a good immune, immune response to protect mm-hmm. individuals. Yeah. 
And then you go on and develop that further and try and formulate it into a vaccine that can then be um, made in a large-scale production facility and then, you know, distributed globally. Okay, so when you're looking at those proteins, are you trying to manipulate that protein to have itself being a, be attacked? Yeah, well, because our immune system, because people are obviously getting this virus and getting better, yeah, so we yeah. do develop we do develop an immune response to it. So we're just trying to figure out what we're developing the immune response to, yeah. because we don't want to use a whole virus as a vaccine. That's the old style vaccine. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we just want to find the small parts of the virus that are really important for stimulating immune responses, and then take those small parts. Because once you take the small part away from the virus, it's now safe, it can't cause infection, it can't make you sick. Take that small part and turn that into the vaccine. So that's what we're looking at when we're looking at SARS coronavirus 2. What about when it comes to the disease COVID-19? Are you looking? Are they also looking at therapeutic Yeah, vaccines? so COVID-19 is a disease, like chickenpox yeah. is a disease, yeah. and SARS-CoV-2 is a virus. Mm. Um, so... Yeah, so the virus, we're looking at antivirals to treat the viral infection. So they're the therapeutics and the vaccine to prevent the disease occurring. Yeah, yeah. So they are looking at both types of, yep. of, of vaccines. And again... Two, I mean, I guess a lot of people don't realise there's two types of vaccines. Yeah, so therapeutic vaccines are generally more used in chronic conditions. So this is a this is a, an acute infection. Yeah. So you really want to prevent the infection actually occurring. Yeah. Um, because it's going to take a while before we get a vaccine, it's great that we have these antivirals, which can be used to treat sick, sick people already. Yeah. Is there a fear with, um, you know, you know, is well, is there an emergency response in terms of like putting some safeguards to the side, or or, or will this be treated like any other developed? Because like you said, it usually takes ten to fifteen years to develop a vaccine, yeah. and they're trying to do this in eighteen yeah. months. Um, so, so we're already partway down that pathway because we've already got some of the basic labs. So we're already sort of partway down that ten year already. Yeah. yeah. And because it's so similar to SARS they are actually repurposing molecules that they've already identified for SARS and then using them for this coronavirus. Yeah. So we're already quite a long way down that pathway already. Um, they are doing, they are sort of going forward a bit faster than normal, obviously. So they're doing like those early human studies they're doing in the US at the moment, they're doing alongside some animal studies. Yeah. So they're sort of doing some parts in parallel. So the issue is with a vaccine, there's two key concepts. It has to be safe and it has to be effective. Mm -hmm. Um, Safety is a key issue, obviously. But because we're just using small parts, we're not using the whole organism, we're just using small parts of it, and they're using techniques that have already previously been used, we're pretty sure that safety can can be sorted. Efficacy is a big issue because a lot of vaccines fail in the phase two testing because they don't work. Yeah. So the problem would be if we put all our efforts behind one vaccine, we rush it through, don't do the proper efficacy testing, then roll it out globally, and it's not a great vaccine. Yeah. Like it's safe. Yeah, yeah. But it's not great. Yeah. Um, because then you've got problems in that you've got you know billions of doses of this new vaccine, and it might not work as well as we want it to. And then, of course, if you don't want to roll out a bad vaccine because then people will say vaccines don't work, they're terrible, why are we bothering? But I think in this situation we'll avoid that mainly because we're not putting all our cards in one area. Yeah. There's actually about there's each 
not each pharmaceutical, many pharmaceutical companies are going down this path. I think there's about 30 odd vaccines being developed at present. Yeah. So we're not just going for one. Yeah. So hopefully out of those 30 odd that are being looked at around the world, there'll be one which is safe and effective and the efficacy is important. So that's amazing. I mean, you've got 31 different companies doing this. I mean, they were, you know, it's so, not only is it, you know, to, to, um, to, to rid ourselves from um, SARS-CoV virus 2, but also there's a huge money in this game. Yeah. And I mean, so, you know, drug companies do, it's a huge input into making the vaccine as well. So actually yeah. they're rolling the dice a bit as well because yeah. they've got to decide, okay, when do we have enough efficacy data to decide we're going for it to scale up and make huge amounts of this vaccine? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's rolling the dice for them as well. Yeah. Um, so it really comes down to when do they have enough efficacy data to, to, to pull the trigger and go, yeah, we've got to make it now. So, I mean, if we're looking at 18 months' time, uh, if it starts pumping out, because, we, you know, I mean, a lot of talk that I've been having with people in the fields is it's going to become endemic mm-hmm. um, to the human population. So this is something that could pop up every winter, mm-hmm. just like the flu does. Do we have the capacity to, to make this vaccine alongside making the flu vaccine? Yeah, I mean, we, we managed to make a new... We, so at the moment, the, the flu vaccine contains four strains which are currently circulating. Yeah. And we've got plenty of capacity that we can do that, make a different vaccine every six months and roll that out. Yeah. Once we get into the routine of perhaps we include the coronavirus and alongside that one, mm. or perhaps we don't need to give the coronavirus one quite so often, the capacity is there. It's yeah. just making sure that we're making the right vaccine. Yeah, and, and you and you have to make sure you get it right, right? Because there's already a lot of there's a growing distrust uh, with the vaccine program. Anti-vaxxers are on the rise, uh, and if you don't get this right, there there is a chance that you could jeopardise the whole program um, for a lot more people. You more people will become a little bit more uh, nah. Yeah, I mean, again, it's problem is because a lot of people are misinformed. Yes. Um, so you know, people say, "Oh, the flu vaccine doesn't work." Now, the flu vaccine is because the flu is changing so often. Yeah. Um, a group of uh, experts has to sort of guess what strain mm. will be circulating in the next six months. If they guess right, the vaccine works really well. Yeah. If they guess wrong, the vaccine's still working against the four strains we've immunised against, but other strains are circulating. Yeah. So it's all about people need to understand how the vaccines are made, why they're made, um, and if sometimes they're not working, why is it? Is it because the virus is mutated, which will probably happen with, with the coronavirus as well because it is an RNA virus. Um, or is it that we haven't got enough people being immunised so we mm-hmm. aren't reaching the level for herd immunity? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you guys need to get better media people. <laughs> well, I mean, it's everything on the internet, there's, you know, there's like 1% correct information and a lot more yeah. incorrect information yeah. out there. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, th- I mean, uh, this is fascinating, right, what is happening right now in the development of this. And um, like we said, no doubt... Um, we'll get a vaccine out of this um, and, and I guess it's good because it is so similar to SARS um, that um, a lot of that work is already gone so um, I was wondering how they were, how they were going to do it in 18 months but now that you've um, you know good information <laughs> so you are Professor Hogan and I thank you so much for coming in this morning it's been a pleasure having you here you're um, welcome have yourself a wonderful day and um, wash your hands okay yeah. thanks <laughs> That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.